Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Wednesday, the 18th of January. First up, Stephen Crowder abandoned by Jordan B. Peterson as Ben Shapiro and Daily Wire remain silent. Now, the news around uh, um, Stephen Crowder's reveal yesterday uh, about Big Con, Big Conservative, Big Conservative Inc. has been, you know, really hit with a deafening silence, a silence that is so deafening that a lot of people are asking, who was he talking about? Many people feel it may be the Daily Wire, but you know, after some contemplation, it's really not that clear. There's a lot of people in the, in the space with big money. If you just think about the type of people that are the people with the money to hire a guy like Crowder, you could even be talking about Fox News. You could be talking about the Epic Times. You could be talking about TPUSA. You could be talking about a lot of people. Now, Daily Wire has been very public about their subscription model with 900,000 paying members. Man, 900,000. I'm telling you right now, it just came in my head right now. In 2023, I'm producing a, a show. I, I'm just going to do it. By the end of the month, I'll have it arranged. That's it. That, that's it. Like, there's no way I'm missing out on this. Like, there's no way. 900,000 people are paying for Daily Wire articles and the occasional documentary. Are you crazy? Anyway, anyway, um, but uh, we don't really know that it is or who it is or who it isn't. And I think it's it's kind of better that way because I wouldn't I would not be surprised if this contract, you know, is the same everywhere. And, you know, for example, if you look at the Ben Shapiro's latest video, there's a lot of people. Deafening silence is a cliche because it's so common. Eagerly awaiting Daily Wire to address the Crowder video and why Clavin named Jeremy Boring the God King. You see, you know, a lot of people. Is If Daily Wire is part of what Crowder is talking about, that sucks. If not, address it and support Crowder. That fe feels like what you would do, right? Like I did, right? I, obviously, I'm not part of Big Con. I don't have money to be paying people or to, to hire Steven Crowder, but it seems like it's not necessarily the, the fact that, you know, may or may not be them. It's stuff like this. For example, Jordan B. Peterson tweeting out Steven Crowder on the hypocrisy of conservative legacy media, right? You see this reply. King Doggo, good boy. How long till Daily Wire has Jordan B. Peterson take it down and they and it is gone? You see, somebody said the contract talks about relinqu relinquishing control of social media. They probably won't even need to ask. Just log in and delete it themselves. Well, lol, it's gone. So you had Jordan Peterson, again, a Daily Wire employee, by the way, uh, who you know, look, this is probably worse. You know, the the idea that. Having, uh, you know, a major, where's the support for Crowder? Tim Pool did. Tim Pool supported him, covered it on his show. I know he, some people said he tweeted out the video and then deleted it. I don't know. Tim still left his comment on the video and he covered it on his show. So that's definitely good enough for me. So why is there not articles everywhere about this? Why is there not massive levels of support? From, I mean, certainly the viewers are supporting. I've seen a lot. By the way, I see all you new Crowder viewers or viewers of Crowder that have come over to my channel. Really happy to have you here. 
Have you subscribed yet? But it's really interesting. Yeah, shout out to King Doggo Good Boy on Twitter, uh, IP Junkie, for getting the receipts here. And then you even have Sour Patch Lids. Remind me of this in two weeks. Because, like, sure enough, Jordan B. Peterson deleted. Now, did why would Jordan B. Peterson delete that tweet? Leave a, leave a like on the video if, you're not, if, you're, if your almonds are activated. Was there a single tweet from Ben Shapiro about this? Was there a single tweet from Matt Walsh about this? Was there a single tweet from anybody in big, you know, in, in kind of like these conservative monolith companies? Uh, the, the answer is, of course, no. Nobody. Like, n- literally nobody tweeted about it. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. You know, in independent media, they didn't, which, which is wild to me. Um, I'm sorry, in independent media, they did tweet about it. Lots of people talked about it, but there was nothing, you know, I, I guess like you want to kind of avoid saying that they absolutely have to, you know, say, well, it's not us. I didn't, you know, we didn't do it. I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily fair. You know, like just ultimately, I don't think that. Everyone should have to, you know, it's not innocent till proven guilty. You know, I, I don't think that that's really the way that I'd want to go about it. But, the, the, you know, I, I don't know. Sorry, I'm trying to adjust my camera because it's a new, uh, a brand new uh, overlay I'm trying to work with here. But here's some, you know, and, and by the way, even and, and Tim, I think, covered it very fairly in that he talked about the contract being, you know, there to protect the contract is there to protect whatever company this is. Maybe it's Fox. You know, it's certainly possible that it's Fox. I would think, right? Like it's that big of a contract that like I, I would argue that it's big enough it's a big enough contract that it could be Fox. Or could be, I don't know, what's in a OAN or um Newsmax. But the weird thing is, like, how do you hire Steven Crowder? He's got 6 million YouTube subscribers. He's, like, bigger than any of them. What's interesting, too, is you look at this particular slide. All of the, if you don't work, you don't get paid stuff, is slimy. But as Tim accurately pointed out, we don't really know what the payment was. What if they were paying him $200 million, or if that was the offer? Is it then reasonable to fine him $100,000 for not working? You know, do you feel different about that? If um, suddenly, you know, versus 5 million, you know, I don't know what these numbers are. I imagine they're huge. Crowder has a huge mug club too that he brings with him. So, but what's the most interesting about of all the slides is this one where essentially whoever's contract this is is forcing talent to be milk toast and toe the line people call some of these you know online web outlets like controlled opposition i don't know you know ben shapiro had dinner with mark zuckerberg just saying i don't think that's something that i would ever find myself in the position of doing you know this company daily wire is generating uh you know, 10 to $15 million a month in revenue, 10 to $15 million a month. 
it's hard to really view them as the little guy, isn't it? Look at how much money they spend advertising Ben Shapiro's channel on Facebook. Uh, a lot. That's public information, by the way. You can go look that up. Millions. So, I mean, I think there's that's why people are thinking it's Daily Wire. But it could be. I mean, I don't know much about Epic Times, but I know they're a big company. TPUSA has money. Fox. You know, Fox is probably the only one with the, the real deep pockets other than Daily Wire that could probably hire the guy. But the fact that you have Jordan B. Peterson deleting that tweet, that's very sussy, very suspicious. Uh, and why isn't he supporting him? Why isn't, why isn't Ben Shapiro supporting him? Why isn't, you know, oh, by the way, a lot of these guys, but your favorite media, just think about who you follow on Twitter. If they're a conservative or they call themselves conservative and they're, a, you know, and they, did they say anything about this? I bet that this contract is probably similar at a lot of companies, not just maybe what people are thinking. Did your favorite conservative content creator say anything about this? I think it's pretty suspicious if they didn't. This is a big deal. This is like the equivalent of all those journalists that didn't say anything about the Twitter files, right? Is, it, is, that, is that too wild of a stretch? I don't think so. I absolutely think that it's very suspicious. You see Tim Cast right here. Crowder is right about everything. You know, there's who else is in these comments? I don't see, you know, a lot of the typical conservative pundits in here. And I think that that's the people who chose not to talk about this. This video has a million views. I'm 790,000 in one day, but that's always delayed. You know, a lot of, if, if, you know, if people really did, uh, if people really did, you know, sign these type of contracts, they're not going to say anything. I can think of a few names right now, person, media personalities that I think are bought and paid for that probably signed these. We saw that Chris Reagan talked about it a few days ago. He's like, people said, you know, he got offered money to toe the line or something like that. I 100% believe him, by the way. I've never gotten emails like that before, but I'm independent. You know, there's, I can't be bought. Well, I suppose there's a price, but everyone has a price. You know, but like, you know, I just think, you know, I have supportive fans. Steven Crowder has supportive fans. We don't, we're like, that's what I'm going to start. Like I said, I'm going to start a show because it makes you truly bulletproof. I mean, finding you for getting a content strike or if it, and again, if Crowder is boycotted or dropped. So in the contract, they're saying we will punish you if the left tells us to, and by the way, by releasing this, I would expect that, you know, one bad side effect of this is that now the left knows whoever, whatever media company this is, I don't, again, I don't know. But let's say hypothetically it's Blaze or what, you know, one of these. All the left has to do now is boycott them and they know that they're going to get a contractual penalty. Very, very interesting stuff. Very, very deafening silence from Conservative Inc. Uh, not Tim Pool. Tim Pool is not Conservative Inc. But, you know, outside of Tim, you know, was anybody even talking about this? Shout out to Luke Rutkowski, by the way. He also, I had this pull up. He's, uh, you know, he's an independent guy. He talked about it. 
But why, you know, there's one article and it's from freaking Media Matters. One article and it's from Media Matters. Why, why aren't all these conservative websites blowing the lid off of this? Really activates the almonds, doesn't it? Gets the, uh, gets the, gets the, 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 gets some percolation going. I'm certainly wondering anybody who didn't even, you know, okay, maybe you'd be forgiven for like, missing a bit of the news or something like that, right? Like you didn't see it or whatever the case may be. Okay, fine. But it's pretty suspicious. It's pretty sussy that nobody said anything. I obviously back Steven Crowder. I will support him any way I, I can in his uh, journey, in his battle now. And I hope that you'll support me too. All I can ask is that you subscribe. It's free to do. And it's a great way to support the channel. And next up today, YouTube just screwed us all over. I've been seeing a lot of videos, um, you know, of Isaac Butterfield and, you know, others, even Moist um, Critical made a video uh, about the potential, a massive uh, screw job by YouTube, essentially uh, having uh, many thousands of creators getting widely and soundly demonetized with, of course, no notice whatsoever. Of course, that's just how this works. I mean, that's a, that, as a content creator, you don't get any notice, any, uh, uh, um, you know, um, uh, input, any advance notice of these, you know, life-changing policy changes. Um, and uh, that's why, you know, I always pushing so hard for people to subscribe and why I push so hard, uh, if you can, it's totally free. You know, if you open a new window and you go to thequartering.locals.com, I'll leave a link in the pinned comment down below and just follow me there. I, I'm not asking you for any money. You don't have to pay me any money, but please follow me there um, so I can actually, you know, get out to you guys. Um, you know, the people that back there financially, obviously greatly appreciated, but I... I'm mostly concerned with being able to get a hold of you. You see this just a few days ago. Gaming YouTubers say their videos are being demonetized due to profanity policies. This week, gaming content creators are saying that they've been impacted by the policy as videos new and old, including videos posted before the new policy was enacted, were marked limited ad revenue. Now, YouTube has made, first of all, a promise to creators in terms of um, uh, uh, policy changes that they would not retroactively punish people. Um, now this has been their their terminology for like copyright or um, community guideline strikes. I don't know if they uh, have also extended that very same uh, grace to monetization policies, but uh, nonetheless, and YouTube's top creators are questioning the viability of the platform, thanks to new ad policy and its moderation. <clears throat> What's interesting is, I don't really understand, you know, advertisers, I, I guess maybe if they're like a biblical product or a family-friendly product, they might be concerned with, you know, having, uh, you know, four-letter words in, in the videos that are advertising their product on. But the weird thing is with this is like, nobody actually thinks that, uh, 
when they see an ad in a YouTube video that whoever bought that ad is personally endorsing what's in the video. The only people that actually do this is the mainstream media when they force adpocalypses on us. Um, they say, oh, well, there was a Honda ad that ran on a video that made fun of, you know, the Rainbow Coalition, and therefore the Honda must have fully endorsed. It's not how it works when you run ads. I mean, if you, by the way, if you've seen like my coffee brand coffee, I bet you have the ads. They're on Tim's video. They're on, you know, videos, similar content creators, like-minded fandoms. I don't know what video they're on. I just sponsor the channel. Uh, and you see uh, YouTube updated its profanity policy uh, and, and it gained visibility on Sunday when gaming creator Daniel Condren, or RT Game on YouTube, made a video with his experiences, saying that YouTube flagged a compilation video of his best clips, limiting his ability to generate ad revenue. YouTube also marked it age-restricted, meaning that only people with age-authenticated YouTube accounts, which is like a tiny percent, um, which, by the way, require a government ID can view the video. Daniel said this lowered the number of views on the video received and made it harder for him to make money off it. Well, duh, any idiot knows that. You know, he initially hoped that the limited revenue would get fixed or whatever. Um, this is not the first time with support. Uh, after he flagged the issue by asking for help on Twitter, one more video was marked age restricted and several more were demonetized after a person from YouTube support re reviewed the videos. So, the guy asks for help and YouTube punishes him. Daniel explained that he showed screenshots from his support email. His video about the popular horror game, The Quarry, now violated platform's um, you know, graphic content guidelines, thus making it suitable for age restriction. Other videos were marked for limited monetization due to the new swearing policy. See, people always make fun of me for subbing in words. Mwah! I very rarely uh, curse in my videos because I do want them to be relatively family friendly, even if they're not. Uh, even if they're not, you know, the topic isn't necessarily something you sit around the dinner table and watch. But you know, I just never really found a need to curse in my videos. Um, I, to me, I guess as I get older, like when I hear people like Ethan Klein swearing like every third word, or like these Twitch streamers. It just makes me think they're dumb. You know, it makes me think they're, they're just sloppy. Uh, there's no reason to, to ha you know, I'm not against swearing. I swear all the time. Just it's very easy to not do it when you're on YouTube or when you're, when you're streaming. Content creator fr frustration has been reaching a boiling point. It's not just about cursing or the fact that demonetization now retroactively applies to videos posted before such restrictions went into effect. It's the particularities of the policy. People can still technically swear. YouTube policy says the occasional use of profanity will not necessarily make a video unsuitable for advertising, like in the case of a music video. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, if everyone, we can't block our, our, our WAPs, you know, in our rap videos. But these exceptions can make it seem like cursing is just a matter of jumping through the right hoops. Some creators are testing the limits. In a short video titled, YouTube is run by fools. The voice actor and comedian gaming creator Sung Wan Cho, known as ProZD, knows discrepancies over the persistent lack of moderation for hateful content on the platform, while swearing is becoming increasingly moderated. Cho has appeared in Polygon's video content in the past. In his video, after passing the 15-second mark, he says, Thank you, YouTube, you effing donkeys. He later adds, What a smart policy. 
that wasn't created by a bunch of numbskull dumb Fs. According to a follow-up video, the first sense has not been demonetized. It's immensely frustrating, and it incentivizes me to continue to plan for a future where YouTube is no longer a part of my life. When sudden policy changes can significantly affect your livelihood at the drop of a hat, you realize just how unsustainable this career is in the long run. He's 100% correct. To add insult to injury, injury creators have, uh, I'm sorry, creators have described poor communication on the part of YouTube support. According to Condren, YouTube doesn't give him notice that his videos have even been flagged. He found out by sitting at his desk and periodically refreshing his YouTube account page. I mean, it, it, it's, it's insane. Um, and, and this is, you know, this is why, you know, I talked about it in my first video of the day. Like I've got to create something off platform that people that is good enough for people to want to pay for. Like, it's just, it's funny how that's, you know, we went from everybody being on YouTube now to basically everybody fracturing and going back to like individual websites where you pay people like pay money for premium content. Like that, that's the only way that creators can actually reasonably sustain their income especially when you have YouTube going retroactively and, and screwing your whole channel. So for years, you know, you have a videos, videos that are fine. Maybe you have evergreen videos that it's literally sustaining you. It's paying your bills. You've got, a, you know, five, six, seven videos. I don't really have this because my videos are important for 24 hours and then no one really watches them. But to then have YouTube be like, actually, we're going to stop paying you. And there's no notice. And we're going to go back in your entire back catalog and make sure that you don't get any more money for them. I don't know what a lot of leftist channels are going to do. They curse like every other word. This video by Isaac Butterfield talks about how YouTube rates all swear words as like the same weight. So like the F word is the same as saying darn. Well, you know, not the darn word, but you know, the D word. Uh, MF is, is rate is, is that the same as like... You know, this is, this is very, very bad. Now, there has been some pushback. YouTube may fix controversial policy to demonetize videos with uh, swearing in them, but it won't say anything about it. YouTube hasn't said just what it plans to change, so it's not clear if the revised policy will satisfy those affected. For now, creators won't have much of recourse beyond watching their use of their cuss words. The uncertainty isn't necessarily prompting an exodus, but it's leading some video makers to reduce their dependence on YouTube as a source of income. By the way, all these things are good, in my opinion, um, for people willing to put in the work. You know, when I saw this article, actually, when I saw Isaac's video, one of you tweeted it to me yesterday, I was just like reinvigorated. Like, I have to do better. I have to, like... I talked to my editors this morning. I'm like, I have to increase my quality. You can see I have a new overlay. It's a small thing, but it's something. Like I have to do better. And I have to have like some sort of content uh, off YouTube that is consistent and that earns me, uh, allows me to pay my, you know, I've got two editors. I've got a thumbnail guy. These are three full-time positions. Plus I've got Maggie handing all my after so that's four full-time positions. Like these people's money has to be secured. And if YouTube just is willy-nilly changing policies and then retroactively punishing you and giving no notice, this is not a sustainable platform long-term. And now, like, okay, TechCrunch reports YouTube plans to modify 
the swearing rules that prompted creator backlash, but they don't say any what, anything about it. In recent weeks, we've heard from many creators regarding this update. YouTube spokesperson Michael <laughs> Asiman <laughs> told TechCrunch, that feedback is important to us, and we're in the process of making some adjustments to this policy to address our concerns. We'll follow up shortly with our creator community soon. Well, here's the thing. This is what YouTube does, right? They make a boneheaded decision, creators get outraged, and then they roll it back, except they don't roll it back. What'll happen is they'll have it like buried under some other thing. Like they'll create a new tier of videos that's like super family friendly, family friendly, and then they'll penalize everybody. They'll say, well, your video is actually monetized, but you get the garbage ads. You know, you get garbage tier ads that pay, you know, uh, a third or a fifth or a tenth of what you were getting before. Because that is the tier. Like the tier, some creators make, you know, have $20 CPMs. Creators like me that talk about, you know, spicier topics, it's more like $4. And I'm sure there's tiers even lower than that. So, you know, the idea that, you know, they're going to fix this, I doubt it. They're just, they'll just rebrand it something else. And, and uh, as more creators will struggle. It's just another, I mean, YouTube literally never does anything good for creators. It's just always bad. Like forcing us to do shorts. Oh, you want your channel to grow? Pfft, you gotta do shorts, bro. You don't wanna do shorts? Well, tough. You want your channel to grow? Gotta commit to live streams where we can take 30% of the super chats. Gotta live stream if you wanna grow. Like dead serious. That's why I live stream and that's why I do shorts. This is the only way I find new subscribers. It's not sustainable. The amount of burnout and stress that they're putting on their creators is absurd for a company that's constantly telling me how much they care about me. I hope you enjoyed this video. Support your favorite creators. You know, if you're in a position, pick up some of their merch, maybe buy some of their coffee, um, buy their hats or their whatever, you know, like, you know, it's, it's nuts out there. It's, it's only going to get worse, too. And next up, Twitter is about to get very fun. Leftists are already melting down. Today could get a lot more interesting, a lot spicier. And if you haven't yet, please consider subscribing to the channel. I hope I can earn your subscription today. There's a button down below. Please do consider subscribing. YouTube makes my videos pretty difficult to find. Donald Trump! set to return to Twitter and everybody's freaking out. Of course, Donald Trump was the best part of Twitter for many years. I don't care what anyone says. Um, he, 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 his tweets, a, a single typo spawned entire news cycles and entire companies. Like there's actually a coffee, fee com coffee company. I mean, I would buy from coffeebrandcoffee.com, but there, but there is. Right, You see a lot of people talking about Trump's return. Trump is scheming a return to Twitter and Facebook. The former president is workshopping his first tweet since reinstatement by Elon Musk, NBC News reports. Now, I want you in the comment section down below to type in what you think Trump's first tweet will be. I think... He might give the, sorry, I took so long, very complicated business. Or maybe I'm back, but purposely misspell it. Like I'm B-A-K-C. That would be so great. 
Maybe he'll make fun of Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know. Twice impeached. Of course, this is the rap, right? Twice impeached. Yeah, we'll see how long he stays impeached after, uh, you know. <laughs> anyway, twice impeached former President Donald Trump is gearing up for a comeback to social media that banned him in the aftermath of the insurrection. On, tr on Tuesday, Trump's presidential campaign reportedly sent a letter to Meta, Facebook's parent company, requesting it unlock him, unblock him. With access to his Twitter account back, Trump's campaign is formally petitioning Facebook's parent company to unblock his account there, um, there after it was locked in response to, obviously, the capital. And they should, by the way. The guy's running for president. Whether or not you want to vote for him, that you know, your thoughts on his policies or all this kind of stuff, he's running for president. He should be allowed on, the, on Twitter and Facebook and really any platform he wants to be on. With access to his Twitter compact, so we believe that the ban on President Trump's Facebook has dramat dramatically distorted and inhibited the public discourse the campaign wrote. Of course it has. That's what they wanted. That's why they banned it in the first place. It stopped short of threatening a lawsuit, as some sources close to Trump anticipated, NBC News reported. Meta hasn't yet commented on the reinstatement, but said it will announce a decision in the coming weeks in line with the process we laid out. In terms of Trump's access to Twitter, CEO Musk, Elon Musk reinstated the embattled politician way back on November 19th. He's yet to tweet anything as he mulls and reportedly workshops what he has to say. NBC News quoted a Republican who requested anonymity by saying Trump is probably coming back to Twitter, while another confidant who also didn't want to be identified speaking with, about conversations him and Trump had sought input for weeks about hopping back on Twitter and that his campaign advisors have also workshopped ideas for his first tweet. Of course, he's going to come back. Like, I, I, is any, did anybody actually believe, you know, uh, that he wasn't going to come back? I mean, he wants, the guy wants to S post. That's what he does. You know, that's what he does best. Now, you know, and also, by the way, he literally, I mean, he needs Twitter and Facebook if he wants to have any shot at winning the nomination. He has to have his voice out there. He has to have people, um, uh, uh, hear, you know, hear his opinion, but also, you know, what does that mean for truth social? A lot of people are asking, well, if you look here's digital world acquisition group, which is, I believe the company that owns truth social, um, doesn't seem to be, I mean, it's down 8% today. If you look at the stock itself, I mean, it's never, <laughs> it's really never gone up. Back in February of 22, maybe that's when they went public, or maybe that there was some obviously some event there that it peaked at this price of what $97. But it's done nothing but go down ever since then. So this isn't really any anything new. But what's interesting is, you know, Trump does have, as from what I understand, some sort of exclusivity contract with them, where at least how I understand it is that he uh needs to tweet it on truth first. When Musk reinstated him, I, I kept seeing these tweets on truth and it was like, oh, that's the tweet because he needed to let so many hours pass, 24 hours or eight hours or whatever it is. He could still conceivably, um, you know, be promote truth, by the way. You know, I'm, uh, I'm in a couple of different like DM groups with other, uh, with people who are actually like, you know, like communications people for Republicans and all, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. 
and they've been talking about it all day. And, you know, essentially Truth Social is like a big Trump Facebook fan page. You know, there's a couple of thousand, 10,000, 15,000 super like actually active people on there. But, you know, it's, it's not, it's not awesome. It's also a super echo chamber, but that's not their choice, right? They want it, you know, that's, anybody can register for it. But what's going to happen is, or what can happen is, you know, Trump has what, a, you know, a zillion followers, right? On, on, uh, on Twitter. It's totally conceivable that, you know, he could use that to promote truth. He could say like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tweet once or twice a day on Twitter and, but everything else is going to be on truth social. Make sure if you want to get, you know, the complete message, make sure you come over to truth. So the, the people are talking about him getting sued and like these people, you know, wanting a lawsuit um, for him coming back. I don't necessarily think that, you know, matters. You know, he has just under 5 million followers on True Social. Before his bans, he amassed follower counts of 88 million and 34 million on Twitter and Facebook, respectively. 88 million on Twitter, 34 million on Facebook. I mean, that's, let's say there's 100% crossover. So 88 million right? Isn't it conceivable that 5 million of them would come over to truth? That's like, what? Not even 10%. I think 10% is a fair amount. Like when I think about how many people would like do something for my channel, like us, uh, how many people would buy my coffee? How many people would, um, you know, be a member on the channel? 10% is always kind of the fair number you want to use. Like most people just like to consume content and go on with their day. And that's cool. Um, but like, certainly you would think 5% of the 88 million people that follow my Twitter might come over to truth. Maybe it could be 20% over the long term. So I don't know, like people are talking about, um, you know, people on Twitter are like, aha, truth social failed. Like, duh, of course it did. Like he hasn't really had any platform to advertise it. And like, to be totally honest with you, if he had, 15 million people follow, you know, over there. That seems like you'd be able to monetize that pretty well. Like, you know, Mastodon, by the way, just for an example, Brooklyn dad paid by Democrats who wrote this. Mastodon doesn't even have 2 million active users. Two, 2 million doesn't even have 2 million. So would he be saying that Mastodon's a total failure? No, of course not. The same clown probably tweeted a week ago about how Mastodon was going to be the next Twitter and everybody's... So it's all optics. Mastodon, which was the, you know, the Twitter alter, you know, ender, the giant slayer has like 2 million users and like not even it's less than that, that are active. I think if I, if I remember the numbers I reported on this yesterday. So like, again, workshopping, admitting true social is a dud. I don't think so. And like, here's Madison Cawthorn saying, we want Donald Trump on truth social and Twitter. I think it's a huge cope. You see, you know, Donald Trump should definitely return to Twitter if he's serious about his political future. True Social is fine, but it has 1.7 million users in the United States. Twitter has 57 million. This is a no-brainer. He has 35 million people from around the world that follow him. Of course, he's got to be like, you know, I'm announcing that True Social is fine. Again, I don't think this means anything about True Social. 
I don't think I don't think this means that that Truth Social is necessarily done. I think this could be a great thing for him. I mean, if he comes back to Twitter, if I'm a shareholder in in you know Truth, I want him to go to Twitter and recruit users. Wouldn't any moron like any moron would know that? So you know this whole fake. It's another fake narrative by the left that True Social is somehow dead if he comes back. That's ridiculous. And last up today, Alec Baldwin charges being announced. A lot of people seem to have forgotten old Alec Baldwin and the incident that happened on the set of the movie Rust in which someone's life was extinguished. Well, the district attorney apparently has not forgotten about it and tomorrow will be announcing charges now i don't know why they're like why they're like whooping it up here about the about the charges specifically it's you know concerning that uh you don't just put the charges out there but this is pretty interesting this via daily mail judgment day for alec baldwin criminal charges in the rust event to be announced tomorrow morning more than a year after the Oscar-nominated actor, well, we know what he did. The Santa Fe District Attorney's Office is set to deliver a decision on Thursday about whether to press charges in the passing of Helena Hutchins more than a year after lead actor Alec Baldwin extinguished her life. Baldwin is among a group of up to four people who may, may face criminal charges, for the incident, New Mexico District Attorney Carmack Altweiss has said. The Santa Fe set overseen by the Baldwin Production Company was subsequently shut down and, investigate, and an investigation was launched. However, it was announced last fall that filming would resume in January with the same principal actors and director that it would be, but it would not be in New Mexico. Matthew uh, Hutchins, Helena's husband, will serve as executive producer. What in the, like literally what? Now, here's the thing. Alec is a douche. You know, one of the, one of the biggest pieces of garbage on the planet. He did pull the trigger. But his level of doucheness shouldn't really factor into whether or not he's charged. It's just the evidence. Certainly, I would, I would think, and we would all agree, that somebody should be r responsible for this, don't you think? I don't think that this was just a goofy, like, it's not like somebody tripped. And, like, somebody, somehow, there's a live round on the set, and somebody's life was lost. A crime was committed here. More than a year after the incident, criminal charges have yet to be filed, Though a judge recently ruled that the Hutchins family could move forward with a civil claim against Alec Baldwin. So he's going to be getting sued, certainly. What's interesting is, did they try to buy off her husband by making him an executive producer? It begs the question, doesn't it? Now, the local DA's office had insisted the deal would not impact its criminal... I'm sorry. Wait, could move forward with the claim against Baldwin ruling that negligence from both parties led to the staffer's passing. 
The local DA's office has had insisted the deal would not impact its criminal investigation into the incident and added, no one is above the law. What's interesting is if, if they said that, yo, this is okay, uh, you know, you can go ahead and pursue a lawsuit here. They must think that there's some fault there. In documents released by the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office, uh, there were accounts. Of course, in documents, sorry, in documents released by Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office were accounts and interviews with witnesses, including text messages and emails from the crew and cast members, sometimes detailing chaotic and acrimonious conditions on the set prior to the incident. The document still offers no conclusive answers on how live ammo got onto the movie set into a replica Colt 45 that, of course, Alec used. Baldwin was handed it during a rehearsal at a ranch outside Santa Fe, a live round, of course, in there, and we know what happened. Now, Alec has denied responsibility for the incident and said that the live round should have never been allowed on the set of the low-budget movie. Yeah, but it's your company, bro. Like, it's your company. You And by the way, just like uh, any weapon out there, you know, as far as I'm concerned, once it's in your hand, you're responsible what comes out of the end of that. So whether or not you thought it was loaded or not, I feel like you still are owed. You still need to look. You need to look it over. You need to decide, You need to figure out, you know, if the thing is loaded, what's inside of it. I believe that you have that responsibility. Now, police interviews and lawsuit filings, the film's armorer, first assistant director, prop supplier, and prop master all denied culpability. Oh, of course. New Mexico's worker safety agency in April fined the film's production company the maximum amount possible with what it described as willful safety lapses. Who got that money? An FBI report said that five live rounds were found on a props trolley and in a bandolier and a holster near the movie set. So you had them lay, literally laying all over. And again, who's responsible for, first of all, it's Baldwin's production company. Okay. It's Baldwin's weapon. It's Baldwin's finger on the trigger. You have spent all this money investigating. Right? You have FBI on the scene, among others who have been blamed. Of course, the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who Baldwin claims didn't check the prop properly, and assistant director David Halls, the last person to handle it before Baldwin. Are you, like, are you kidding me with this? Like, bro, you, it's in your hand. I, I, don't, I, I can't think of a single situation where, like, yes, it was perceivably an accident but we can't know that and you have this situation where like if i'm at you know your house and you you hand me something and i you know and i give someone a lead injection i'm still the one that's responsible here you know i'm the one that's getting sued i'm the one that's facing criminal charges by the time you know the, of the incident, many of the film's crew had already walked off the set in protest over conditions and pay. I still believe, with no evidence whatsoever, okay, that this was a setup. I believe 
that it's at least possible that one of the many disgruntled staffers put these things on the set. Now, there were also stories of, um, of people doing target practice and stuff like that on the set. <laughs> I just don't know. And of course, there'll be some huge overcorrection. Um, I was, I forget what the other day I was watching this movie and there was like, it was clear that they took like a painstaking, uh, a painstaking, uh, attempt to like not have any pew pews in it. And you see quote, regardless of the district attorney's decision, the announcement will be a solemn occasion made in a manner keeping with the office's commitment to upholding the integrity of the judicial process and respecting the victim's family said Heather Brewer, spokesperson for the Office of the First Judicial District Attorney. I, I just, you know, the Santa Fe office in October passed along its investigation into the incident to the district attorney to make a decision. Carmack Altweiss requested funding a month prior before she received the report for emergency funding. So they spent $635,000 to investigate this. I suspect there's going to be charges. When you spend this kind of money, I sincerely suspect that there, there's going to be some charge here. You, you don't spend that kind of money uh, and not bring charges. It's going to be very, very interesting uh, tomorrow morning to see all this shake out. What do you think? Do you think if I, I, I suspect that if anybody gets charged, it's Alec, if anybody does. Um, I suspect that this may have been sabotage by somebody who was disgruntled. Um, but you have to prove that, I guess. It's just a weird gut feeling I have. But it'll be interesting. You know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that would like to see some justice here. Because even when there are accidents that happen, there's still blame to assign. And it's going to be interesting to say, you know, you know, Alec, of course, saying it just went off. The fact that he has taken no responsibility, it just went off all by itself. Really kind of makes me want him to get charged. But I admit I may be biased because I truly loathe the man. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified. Well, tomorrow when we get the judgment, we'll talk to you again real soon.